Good morning, Canvas Church. Happy Easter. He is risen. It doesn't, it doesn't seem the same saying that and then only just hearing like birds chirping in the background and that and not hearing any of you say he is risen indeed. Um, I don't know, maybe somebody said that from their couch while sitting here watching it. I'm going to say it again and maybe, uh, maybe you'll join me, okay? He is risen nothing. All right. No, you know, this is, uh, this is a different Easter. No, no doubt. And, um, and it would be wrong for us not to first acknowledge that. Um, the thing that isn't different is what we just got done saying right now. And that is Jesus Christ is risen. Um, but it's a different way of celebrating, isn't it? And I was so thankful this last week that we were able to get on uh, to Zoom on Thursday night and to commemorate Monday Thursday and celebrate communion together. It was the first time in over a month that I've seen a lot of your faces and seen you together at once. And it was, um, it was all I could do to fight back the tears the entire time that I was on the call because I so deeply miss you. And self-isolation has reduced a lot of our connection to Zoom meetings or FaceTime and I'm super grateful for uh, technological resources that provide us that opportunity to connect. But I think that we are also all waking to the reality that these digital threads are oftentimes underwhelming by themselves. Um, it's as if we're seeing community in a mirror dimly. And there are times when that can almost be more painful than not seeing it at all. So Easter today um, online is much that same way. Like it's beautiful and technology is a gift, but honestly, I got to be real. It's also heartbreaking not to be gathered together with you, not to be worshiping in harmony and saying he has risen. Because I'm, I'm wired to be uh, in connection with other people face to face. And whether you are an introvert or an extrovert, you are too. You were created for that connection. I know all the introverts are like, nah, we're good. We're good. We, we've been training for this our entire lives. I know you all say that and it's fine. And to some degree that might be true. Um, but reality is, is that we're human beings and we're made for real connection with each other. Preaching to a camera is different it's way different for me than looking into your eyes. Um, I know Adam sent me a meme, I think yesterday, that said, uh, and just like that, my pastor became a televangelist. I'm not a televangelist, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the moment when I'm able to actually look at your faces and look you in the eye again and be able to give you a hug. Um, today, the weather here in Northwest Arkansas is absolutely gorgeous. Um, you can probably see that we're obviously not filming on Sunday because I, I think the weather for Northwest Arkansas was forecasted for thunderstorms and rain. And so that's probably what everybody's experiencing right now as you watch this service. It's Friday today, so it's Good Friday. But um, if, you're, if it's raining right now, like it probably is, then... I would say it's probably easier for a lot of us, just with everything going on, to access the feelings of Good Friday 
more than it is the, the emotions that are supposed to accompany Easter right now. Separation, loss, uncertainty, confusion, confusion about what we had before the darkness fell and then what it's going to look like when all of this is lifted. Will we ever be able to shake hands with anybody again? Um, these are things a lot of people have felt every day since this whole pandemic thing began. But then there's the gospel. And, and that's what we want to focus in on this morning, the gospel, the good news. Um, if, if you would read together with me, if you have a Bible in front of you, we're going to read out of John chapter 20. Uh, John 20, beginning in verse 1, says this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. But both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I just got to pause there because I always love it. The, the, uh, the person writing this is John, and he's referring to himself as the other disciple. I love it that John went ahead and included the fact that he outran Peter here. Anyway, that's just a side note. He bent over and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus's head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. Now, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now, skip down a little bit to verses 19 and 20. And it reads as follows. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. So, you know, this isolation that we have all been experiencing, I believe has given us just a tiny glimpse of the kind of isolation that Jesus felt as he hung on the cross. The crowds had turned away from him. His disciples had abandoned him, betrayed him, denied him. And, and worst of all, worst of all, the father had to turn his face from his son. Because sin cannot exist in God's presence, God himself for a moment had to banish himself from, uh, from the presence of Jesus. He had to remove himself from his presence. Jesus endured the isolation from God that you and I deserved. The disciples also experienced isolation as they locked themselves away in their homes. They were filled with fear and anxiety, deep sorrow over the loss of their leader, their friend, their deliverer, the person who they thought was going, the person who they hoped would save them. And I like this post that I read this last week. Um, I thought it was really appropriate as we reflect in this very historic, unique uh, Easter service. Um, I thought this was really appropriate. 
The very first Easter was not in a crowded worship space with singing and praising. On the very first Easter, the disciples were locked in their house. It was dangerous for them to come out. They were afraid. They wanted to believe the good news that they had heard from the women, that Jesus had risen. But it seemed too good to be true. They were living in a time of such despair and such fear. If they left their homes, their lives, and the lives of the ones whom they loved would be at risk. Could a miracle really have happened? Could life really had won out over death? Could this time of terror really be coming to an end? Alone in their homes, they dared to believe that hope was possible, that the long night was over and that the morning had broken, that God's love was the most powerful of all, even though it didn't seem quite real yet. Eventually, they were able to leave their homes when the fear and danger had subsided. They went around celebrating and spreading the good news that Jesus was risen and love was the most powerful force on earth. This year, we might be experiencing a taste of what that first Easter was like, still in our homes, daring to believe, believing that hope is on the horizon. Then after a while, when it's safe for all people, when it's the most loving choice, we will come out, we will gather together, singing, shouting, laughing, crying, the good news that God brings life even out of death, that love always has the final say. This year, we might get the closest taste we have had yet to what the first Easter was like. I love that. You know, when the disciples, when they gazed upon the canvas of their world on Friday, after seeing their Savior crucified on the cross, it must have looked like a complete mess. Little did they realize the masterpiece that was unfolding before their very eyes. Little did they know the artist, the, the real artist, the, that he had put his greatest work on display before all of them. He poured out everything that he had upon that canvas, upon the cross, and forever changed the course of history and all eternity. Jesus' death upon the cross didn't end the story, and it really didn't change the story as much as it revealed the true narrative, the story that God the Father, the great author, had been writing from the very beginning, from the very foundations of the world. We read in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus was there. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. See, if you believe in Christ and you've placed your trust in him, then the canvas of your life and my life is nailed upon the framework of the cross of Calvary. My story and your story only makes sense when viewed through the finished work of Jesus Christ. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That means that even when things, when things are at their darkest, that light shines even more. I think it's times like, like this that we're going through 
that cause us to be shaken and, and to be reminded of where our true hope really rests. If it's resting in things of this world that are fleeting, then I'll tell you what, we fall into, we fall into fear, we fall into anxiety, we fall into despair. But if we have anchored our hope in the things of eternity, in the things of God, if we've anchored our hope in Jesus Christ, then when things get dark, the light that he brings shines all the more brighter. This season of solidarity that we have been journeying through along with the rest of the world could be one of the greatest opportunities that we've ever faced for the gospel. We often view others' pain from a distance or experience our own sorrow while others look upon it. Yet we are one in this. We are all experiencing this together. Has that really ever happened before? We are normally so focused on the divisions that exist between countries, religions, race, political parties, gender, and even our next door neighbors that we overlook our commonality. We are human beings, finite beings formed and shaped by an infinite creator. That means despite the differences that exist on the surface, we hold deep within our souls the same base needs and we share the same collective brokenness. No one is okay right now. We may say that we are, but we have all been shaken by these recent events. However, what is beautiful to see is how changes to our ordinary lives have caused us to set aside the things that often divide us so that we instead might embrace unity. We still have our opinions. We still possess our individuality. Unity is not uniformity. It's choosing to lay aside my own needs for my own desires, my own gain for the betterment of others. This is the gospel. And as smart and as talented as we think we are as people, as much as we lean upon our own strength and our own accolades, not one of us is able to reach victory in this fight alone. We need one another. and We certainly need Jesus Christ. You know, when followers of Christ claim that Jesus is the answer to the problems of this world, they are often viewed as being trite, naive, or at the very least, oversimplistic. The truth is, Jesus really is the answer. He has been since the beginning, and he will be till the end. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The resurrection in that moment in history was the point where Jesus took what was broken, cruel, harsh, ugly, and repulsive, and he made it beautiful again. He redeemed it once and for all. Temporary destruction made way for new life, new creation, and new hope. That hope we have today rests not only in the promise, not only in the promises that Jesus fulfilled in, during his lifetime, but the ones in which he will fulfill the things that he has promised for our future. Jesus Christ is our hope of glory and he will return. And when that happens, he's going to restore, redeem, and resurrect all that is broken in our lives and in the world around us. Those who put their belief and their trust in him will rise with him. It's like what, said, what, what is said in Revelations chapter 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. 
For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost, from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. That is the hope that we have today. Not just that Jesus Christ overcame sin for us, but that he will return again, and we will spend eternity with him if we've placed our trust and our hope. We've given him our lives and our hearts. You know, as I reflect on uh, Easter a year ago, this was the time when, um, when I lost my dad. In fact, uh, today, as you watch, it's April 12th, so three days from now is when my dad went home to be with the Lord. And when I think about what he would be saying to me during this time, as we're going through this, this, this season of uncertainty and things are changing all the time and there's fear and that, I know that my dad would say, and, and so would all the loved ones that I am waiting and longing to be reunited with one day in eternity, they would say, it's going to be okay. Why? He is risen. He has conquered death and the grave. His promises remain true even when things change around us. In fact, the truth becomes that much more clear when everything else begins to crumble. When the things of this world that we lean on that are unstable give way, the real truth of where we can find our hope becomes that much more secure. I pray that you place your hope and your trust in him. As we look forward to seeing you in person again, be filled today with the hope that not only is that gonna happen, I don't know when, but it's going to happen, it's gonna happen soon, and it's gonna be a great day when we're able to be joined together again. But have hope not just in that, but in this, that if you've placed your trust in Jesus Christ, then one day you will see him face to face as well that this life can take a lot of things from us, but it can never take that hope and it can never take that assurance. If we place our, our trust and our belief and we lay down our lives and give them to Christ, he has promised that we will again see him face to face and no circumstance on this earth will ever change that. God is sovereign, he is faithful, He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. I want to pray for you this morning. And as I do, again, just to tell you how much I love you and miss all of you. I, I found this prayer. I thought it was a great way to close our morning together. So let me pray this with you. 
On this day of joy and hope, Redeemer of the lost, we sing our praise to you. Very early in the morning, your word shattered the silence of chaos and grace flowed forth like a river. You reached down and you gathered up the dust of creation, forming us into your image and breathing life into us. Yet the day came when we chose to turn from you, believing that our wisdom was superior to your will for us. You sent us the prophets to speak of your gracious hope, but we refused to listen. When you could have let us remain in the clutches of sin and death, you sent Jesus to be one of us so that we could come home to you. Therefore, we join our voices this morning with those who stood at the empty tomb, as well as those of every time and place singing our Easter joy to you. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of the empty grave, glad songs of resurrection joy are offered to you. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes bearing your steadfast love. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, God of every day, and blessed is Jesus Christ, bright morning star. Creator of all that is good, he entered the shadows of hell to lead us into hope's light. Beloved of your heart, he embraced our sin so that we could be forgiven. Glory beyond imagination, he welcomed death so that we could enter life eternal. Even as we believe what we may not understand, we trust that mystery we call faith. On the first day, Christ shaped all that is good and beautiful. On the first day of the week, Christ swallowed up death forever. And on the last day, Christ will call us to the table of the Lamb. And it is here at this table, resurrecting God, that we are fed by your love as you pour out your spirit upon the bread and the cup. Fill us with the spirit of Jesus so we may go forth to be your people. Feed us with the bread of heaven so that we can fill the hunger of the world. Touch our lips with salvation's cup so we can proclaim the good news of this day to everyone that we meet. And when the morning comes, when we are united with all the saints gathered around heaven's table, we lift our voices to you, God in community, holy in one, forever and ever and ever. Amen. Guys, I love you. Canvas, I love you. To all those who are listening today, friends and family, just know this. He is risen. We have so much to be thankful for. We have so much hope found in that one single statement right there. Love you. Have a great week. Happy Easter.